Pedersen, oh, it's 1-0 Blues! What a header that is! Christian Pedersen with a bullet header! It's then floated towards the back post, Jukovic in there, Jukovic! Oh, what a header! This man is on red-hot form at St Andrews at the moment. And it goes again towards the towering Zigic. All oh, confusion at Martin, and surely scored the winning goal for Birmingham City! Hello and welcome to the Blues Talk podcast, returning for the 2021 season after a slightly prolonged absence. Myself, Colin Denning and Dale Moon are back. And today we're joined by none other than the skipper himself, club captain Harley Dean, the first guest on Blues Talk for the season, as we look forward to the visit of one of his former clubs who hold him in slightly interesting regard. We'll talk about that and also look back on our pre-season friendlies and some new faces through the door here at St Andrews Trillian Trophy Stadium. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Dale, we're back eventually. I think it's been, what, six months since <laughs> the last one? Yeah, it feels a while, doesn't it, since we last, uh, yeah, we sat here and had a chat about it all. But yeah, good to be back. Lots to talk about, obviously, a new season upon us now. Lots of new faces through the door, as you, as you mentioned in the intro. And uh, yeah, it just feels, it's a different air around the club at the moment. So let's see how, I mean, it's, it's been a bit of a crazy time for everyone, hasn't it? But uh, quick summer, still some business to be done, I have no doubt about that. Um, but looking forward to, to getting our teeth into uh, another 46-game campaign, plus all the league fixtures. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. I think it's the air of positivity, isn't it, around the place, which is something, I mean... Speaking back to when I was a fan, I mean, we've been going back, what, 20 years now. It's something that's not very common among Blues fans. I think it's our brummy nature. I mean, no matter how good things are, we've still got that kind of... The gallows humour. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah I, um, yeah, I think that starts in the summer, doesn't it? I mean, we ended the season as we did. I don't want to labour on it too much because I think that the whole point has been, since the gaffer walked through the door, is to, this is a new start for everyone. And you have to have that. I think there's concerns with a shortened summer that the hangover from the way we finished last season would roll over to this year. But um, the hope is with a new gaffer, new faces through the door, I think you know fans start to get excited again when you see you making movements in the transfer market. There's a clear ploy into, in my mind as to what he's brought in and tried and trusted players in this division, players that he's worked with before that he knows, uh, some young potential in there as well. Um, but I feel like you have to wipe the slate clean and each player has got a fair chance again. And, you know, you'll hear from, from Harley Dean very shortly. He's like a new man yeah. under Aitor Karanka. You, you sat there alongside me when we, when we spoke to him. And there's, uh, that, I think that's, that's running through the club at the moment. There's a cautious mm-hmm. optimism that we have the right man at the helm as yeah. our head coach. And we're not saying it's going to happen overnight. And he's saying the same thing. He's going to be, yeah, it's going to be. And I know it's an over overused word, isn't it? You hear managers say that, but I do believe he can put the foundations in this season, keep us away from trouble, and we can look to to kick on again in two, three, three windows time. But uh, I feel there's a general consensus around supporters, the board, players that that Aitor Karanka is the right man for the job mm-hmm. at this time. I mean, seeing the man work up close and personally as we do, he's absolutely meticulous in his methods, his preparation, the way things are around the club. And hopefully we'll get him on the Blue Sort podcast very soon to discuss that. Mm. But, I mean, the thoroughness in his preparation. And you hear from, you know, people connected with Middlesbrough and Nottingham Forest, the way he was there. 
it is almost like you said that clean slate that injection of of something new really that's you know causing this sense of optimism yeah we talk to players players off the record all the time and I feel like the manager carries an air of authority around mm-hmm. him just because of what he's achieved who he is he's had success at this level to get up to the Premier League as well um I feel like instantly when he walked through the door, he commanded respect from players. Um, I don't think he's an in-your-face manager. You talk to one or two, and I don't think he t- he's overly conversational with players and mm-hmm. he's really going to get involved. I think he watches closely. He makes decisions based on what he sees. He consults his, his tried and trusted coaches around him who he's, who he's brought in. Um, and so I think initially the players are like, right, we need to listen to it. And, and I think it gets everyone on the same page, everyone pulling in the right direction, no questions asked over, you know, is is he asking us to do the right thing or not? I mm-hmm. think what he asked of players, they're trying to execute. And by all means, what you hear, they're happy with training. I think there's good variety to it. And um, <laughs> I'm reluctant to be as optimistic as we sound with yeah. another season to go. But at least all the noise is coming out from dressing rooms, uh, from the dressing room and... Um, and from the gaffer's office are, are positive ones, which is yeah. a good start. Overwhelmingly positive. And of course, um, Aitor bringing in his own backroom staff when he arrived at the club, seeing them firsthand, of course, all bases covered there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, pedigree to them as well. Yeah, the thing is, every manager, you know, we have relationships with backroom staff and Daryl Flahaven, Sean Rush, mm-hmm. fantastic characters at this football club and, and we're brilliant. And, you know, I can't speak highly enough of how they work with us as a media yeah, team. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just from a personal level, forget how good they were at their jobs which I think is, is an in question, but also just as they were with as people around the place. I mean, Rushy was on the podcast. Yeah, that's it. And he, and he took a keen interest in what we'd done. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if you're going to back a manager or a head coach, as Aitor Karanka is, uh, I think you have to give him the tools at his disposal. If he wants to bring his own people in, then you have to put everything in place to give him the best chance. Absolutely. And it is difficult to try and merge backroom staff from one regime into another there's all there's never quite that 100% trust there you know you can try mm-hmm. and be as professional as you can but to bring his own people in um, his own analysts fitness coaches coaches Craig Gardner will have a crucial role in being the bridge between yeah. players not just the Spanish and the English but also the players and the, the management staff the backroom staff so his is a crucial role and um, yeah, I think they're happy with the dynamic. They all work together. I mean, we've shared an office with them for, or a wall with them for yep. a few for a few months now. And Way um, thin. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, you know, they all, there's a good camaraderie around them, and I think they're all looking forward to to their first season with Blues. So. Well, on to that. I mean, let's start with preseason. We'll come on to signings in a moment. Of course, we're on six through the door. I think as so, speak. yeah, it happens that quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, it's been a bit of a wild one. I think I think we're up to six. Yeah, that's a whirlwind. So we'll talk about those in a moment, and of course the positions that the gaffer has identified that he'd like to bring more players in to uh, to cover. But let's talk about the friendlies. Uh, we started with Charlton. I wasn't here. So, Dale, yeah, all you. Yeah, they're, they're always tricky to take anything from. I think we can whiz through the pre-season yeah. friendlies without without eating too much time up because all about minutes. Uh, I think that the Spurs one was the important one towards the end because it seemed like more of a senior side in that first half. There was a shape about them. They mm-hmm. knew what they were doing. I was really impressed with with that whole performance up into the last 30 seconds and 90 minutes. The other ones, when you look at, at Charlton, um, Warsaw, uh, was, was there one other or was that? Leicester. There you go, Leicester uh, at, at the training ground. Um, all good to get competitive minutes in the bag. He changed the team, didn't he, quite often at, mm-hmm. at half-time. Two teams of 11, um, some young players getting a run out as well. Important that the gaffer had a chance to really look at 
at um, at the players at his disposal because he'll still be learning about them. But I, I as the players do, struggle sometimes when you're watching pre-season friendlies to really f- learn too many lessons other than he looks particularly sharp. There's a good shape about them, so you can see what they're doing. I think I, I do feel like the the Spurs one, just because I feel. Karanka may have gone with a team close to what he sees as his best team at yeah. the time. You can read a, li- a bit more into that than you can the Warsaw Charlton and Leicester games. I think Spurs as well. I mean, we were there at that arguably the best stadium in the world, by the way, but that's a different story. Um, and the team didn't deserve to lose there. I mean, it was a resolute performance, as strong defensively as we've seen in a very, very long time. It's the last 90 seconds for a player the calibre of Steven Bergvine to yeah. eventually break that deadlock. Yeah, you, you, the gaffer come off the pitch and, you know, he said, you get organised uh, and it is a hallmark of his. It's a trait of eight or Karanka sides. I think everyone looks at the Middlesbrough team. We've done so well. A lot of 1-0 wins. They were defensively solid and were nicking games. And it may well be a style that suits us here. And I know there's some, and I understand that we want to get into this fantastic free-flowing football and Pep tried it didn't he last season mm-hmm. early on uh, up until the Christmas point um, but given the players at our disposal given what we used to given the, the nature fabric of the club uh, I feel like Karenka will get us organised and you saw that in the Spurs performance I think there was a, a clear shape about us out of possession we were very good mm-hmm. forced them wide and then just flooded areas of the pitch made it life really difficult and yeah we were undone at the very end but I think everybody came away you're never happy to lose but yeah. everybody came away thinking okay if that's what that's what he's been working on you can at least see well, see the steps that he's taking in the right direction and you go on about the style and everything I think and the gaffer touched on this after Cambridge in terms of a psychological impact. I think the most important thing is to start getting results. Mm. I mean, you look back at the run post-lockdown, we haven't won a game competitively. Yeah. Forget the style. I want three points yeah. on the board and I'm sure Ator is the exact same. Yeah, that's it. And that's why it was a bit of a shame the Cambridge one that we couldn't get off to a flyer at the first game. I'm sure he would like to have just got that first win under his belt as new head coach. The players would like to have just dusted off all of that negativity at St Andrews from last season. Um but another big chance this Saturday, uh, really tough one, but I'm sure, you know, they'll look forward to it. Brentford, uh, I, it's not as obvious that they'll be up there again this season. I know everyone will look at it and expect them to be there. They've replaced, you know, Watkins obviously left, mm-hmm. Ivan Tony's yep. come in. They'll look and get replacements in for, for players that do leave, such as their recruitment process. But very difficult to go again. You've had a big negative. It's a big blow and a knockback to lose in a playoff final. Mm-hmm. Um and a good, t- a good chance to play them for me because they're not in great form. It's not as if they're you know on a 10-game well, winning yeah. streak. It's at the very start. There's a lot of unknowns at our place. So let's, let's give them a game. As you Saturday. said, coming off the back of a playoff final defeat, I mean, that could cause impact throughout the entire season. Yeah, it's t- you could see the, the hammer blow of them not getting automatic when they had the chance, didn't mm-hmm. they? Baggy slipped up in the last few games. They had the chance, didn't take it. So it's... You, you, you're going into the playoffs on a negative they managed to scrape through the play the semi-final but Fulham just stunk the house out made it made it difficult and then you know you've come so close you've put so much in a quick summer turnaround mm-hmm. and you're back on zero points and you have it all to do again you know how long those winters feel you know how difficult it can be a championship campaign so um so yeah, like I say, I don't think they're nailed on to be up there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will put them as as one of the favourites to go up again because they come so close. But it doesn't always work that way. So mm-hmm. let's let's see what they made. Well, every team equals at this week. Well, twenty three of us equals this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, you take a repeat of last year, wouldn't you? Our last ever visit to yeah. Griffin Park. A Christian Pedersen header from 
I think it was another part of London. He was that far <laughs> out. And yeah. of course, his refreshing attitude of what he said in his post-match interview. He made a, a, a Steve Seddon cross look better than it was, I think. He, <laughs> he dragged it, didn't he, said to the edge of the box. And then Peds' massive blockhead ends up turning it home with a bullet. I do, yeah, but I mean, that was a game where really you come away and you're happy with the three points. Yeah. But it was a bit of daylight robbery, if we're being honest. Ate the woodwork a few times. Had, I mean, they're going to have the lion's share of possession. It's the way they play, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we done well to get the, the the win on that day, and I take I take any win on Saturday. Like I say, it all helps with this new field to get points on the board early on. Would be would be great, um, but they won't. You know, I don't think they'll change what they are. They are they have been it for some time now. Mm-hmm. They recruit a certain way to play a certain way. They already earmark players to come in as replacements. They love to keep the ball. They have that three up front last season that were lethal. Yeah. Um, so defensively, we're going to have to be better than we were last year. And again, I don't want to keep going back to it. And I will make a, a conscious habit of not referring to back to last season, particularly post-lockdown, because I don't feel like that was this group of players. No. It was a fair reflection on what they can actually do. So, But defensively, you know, it was more than 30 goals from set pieces we conceded last year. Cannot happen again. Um, and they'll know that you know they're going to have to defend pretty well to keep them at bay. But also, I think... I think whenever Karanka's asked, and, he's, and he has been asked in pre-season about how we're going to play, you know, being organised and defensive-minded, and I think he, he also likes the balance of posing a threat down the other end. Yeah. I don't think he likes the label of being on this defensive head coach that comes in and we're going to try and nick games. I actually think, yes, he wants to be regimented and well-organised, but he also wants to pose a threat down well, the other end. Well, look at his Middlesbrough side. Going forward, they were as good as anyone in the league. Uh, but, obviously, this season, they made the player final and then automatic promotion. I think he understands that success over a cross of a 46-game season is built on a solid foundation. And mm-hmm. if you can add goals and bits of magic and quality in the other end, he has a, a 4-2-3-1 formation that he seems to like. So he's tried to, to fit players in, new people coming through the door into those positions. Um, as we'll probably get on to, he knows we need another striker. With Duke's injury during the pre-season, it's made that even more evident. Nothing mm-hmm. against Aidan George and Jaden Reed, but... There isn't a tried and tested championship no. striker without Lukas Jukovic in there. So he'll want to add to that. Uh, he's mentioned he wants to bring a goalkeeper in. So there's still areas of the squad he want to, he'll want to look at. And he'll understand that he hasn't. the expectation isn't for us to romp the league this year. Listen, if we're up there, fantastic. It's not the expectation this year. Let's slowly build and put the things in place and get the ball Most rolling. Multi-year project. Now listen, we'll speak about the signings that have come through the door in, in just a moment's time. But before we do that... I want to speak to a man who we talk about being good in defence. We talk about Brentford. This is a man who I think uh, those two certainly apply to. Harley Dean. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is a player who wears his heart on his sleeve, and as you'll hear, never pulls any punches in what he says. I, I love the honesty of him, and I know certain fans will be polarised in how they feel about mm-hmm. Harley Dean. I think he knows that as well. Yeah. It's the nature um, of the beast, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's matured. He has a massive spring in his step this summer. I mean, I can't tell you how different it is having this Harley Dean around the place. Mm-hmm. Um, a great influence in the dressing room. Uh, as he'll hear about his route into into football and still very, very grounded, big family man. But love the way he's talking. Loved chatting to him because mm-hmm. fill me with optimism that if your captain talking this way ahead of the, the season, and got a big smile and a joke yeah. and he, he can see there's a buoyancy about him then it can only bode well. So great to hear from 
from Harley and uh, yeah let's hope he has a good season and he speaks like a leader as well as you'll hear the Blues Talk podcast thought we you know series two of Blues Talk and Eventually. I thought no better person to have than club captain how we got through a whole season without having you on last year I think I was ducking and diving yeah, all sort yeah, of media that, last yeah. year after the performances <laughs> <laughs> you'd only come to me if we've been beat four new ones yeah, I have to pull you out of dressing yeah. room that sounds about right Harley Dean thank you ever so much for joining us no problem um Loads to talk about. I mean, this is like a completely new club to yeah. what we left the last time we did an episode. But first of all, mate, how's it been? Quick turnaround this summer. So to get away from all the negativity that we finished last campaign with, has it been good to welcome in new gaffer, new players? It's a fresh, optimistic start now. Yeah, um, it's been brilliant. We've had, we obviously got, I think, 13 days off or whatever. So, and with the situations going on in the world, it was hard to get away. And if you was away, you had to come back and stuff like that. So, um it was just good to take your mind away from it because it was needed after after them nine games and uh, the season in general. But completely different club, as you said, have come in now and, and the club and Dong have made a great appointment in the manager. Um, I think he's just what we needed at this time uh, and he's what the club need in the future. So hopefully he, get, he gets a good old shot at it for a, for a long time to come. Um, it's been organised. Uh, sessions have been every single one of them's been top draw, mm-hmm. and the lads have thrived off it because it's not the same old, same old. And um, obviously, there's a honeymoon period you want to impress, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that honeymoon period will stop because I don't think the gaffer and and us senior professionals now won't let the players drop off. Um, there's an intensity to training, and there's a certain standard in training that's got to be kept because we've set the bar already in the, in the first few weeks and um, we've got to keep it now. It's mm. just a shame that obviously we've done all that, we've done all the hard work and training's been that good and then we go and lose one nil on Saturday. So it's just one of the, you can't explain it. You think yeah. if you work as hard as you are and, and the dedication and the effort and, and stuff like that, you surely you should get the result. But yeah. It just didn't happen. So um, I'm not going to say it's one of them things because it wasn't good enough, but um, I'm sure if we carry on training how we are and stuff like that on the on the training pitch with the manager and his coaching staff, then we will get more results than we won't. Yeah. What's it been like with you particularly? I mean, that captain-manager or captain and head coach relationships, especially when some of them lean on their captains more than others. But from day one, how's it been with, with you and him personally? Um, he's been he's been really good. I mean, oh, he's, he's not really one to come and talk to you and, mm. and stuff like that. But for me, not knowing him and only working against him... Um, him coming in with the pedigree he's got, not only as a manager, but as a player. He played in my position for Real Madrid and his country and he's won titles and stuff like that. You just, you look up to people like that and you want to impress them. So um, we've had little chats here and there, but nothing too in depth. He, he's quite, he's always watching, but he might not be always involved, if that makes sense. Um, but he's just somebody that you want to impress. And, and for me, I just want to be better than, than I was last year, which... Um, Shouldn't be too hard, but um, are you your own worst critic in that sense? Hundred percent. Like yeah. you don't need to be told by anybody. You know, if you had a stinker, you just take it home. You know that that's yeah. the case. Uh, I am my own worst critic. Um, maybe my dad is more, mm. but I think in today's world, it's so easy for people to get at you yeah. and for you to be told it anyway. Yeah. Um, and even 
what's frustrating is you could have had a good game, but if someone tells you you've got a bad game, someone else is going to jump on that, and then mm. 400 people are going to tell you you've had a bad yeah. game. When you, I know when I've had a bad game, when I know when I don't. How mad is it that after all these years and you've had different clubs, that your dad's opinion still is the hardest? Like, I find that. I used to remember just playing as a kid, you get back in the car and you've had a stinker. I could just find only out. have to look at yeah. me and I'd just be devastated in the car. Yet your dad's opinion still is one that you hold in high regard. Of course. He's, he's, um, mad, it? The thing is, he doesn't even come to all the games. Yeah. So he might watch it or he might listen to you lads on, on Blues Player. And, yeah, yeah. So we could, yeah. you've got a lot of power in here. Yeah, so you're basically <laughs> telling him whether he's going to grill me or not. So, you and Kevin it's good to know that. Killing yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mr. Kevin Moore, the negative Nigel. <laughs> Jesus. He must have been some player, by the way. Yeah, I know, mate. Yeah. Yeah, never put the wrong, some of the stuff I hear him say. No, no. I hope he's listening to this. No, he will, yeah. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. nah, uh, going back to the manager and the staff, I think everybody wants to impress and, and we had a discussion in the change room afterwards, after the last game against, um, well, I've erased it. Who was it against? That's game of the season. Yeah. Derby. Uh, yeah. Derby. And uh, obviously things were said this, that and the other and then we all sat there for a bit and then I just said, look, we've all got to come back and, and be better than we were. We've got to work harder. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to invest more. We've got to just be better and we we we've always been a good bunch a hard working bunch especially in training and extras and and dedication and stuff like that but we've got to be better so mm-hmm. us as a the senior professionals and and just as the whole squad really we've we had a little well I just said things and people just agreed and I think everyone sort of remembered it and come back and, and really took it on board and um training's been very hard but but we've been working hard at the same time and the quality has gone up and obviously with the new players coming in it's nice to see some proven championship players come in rather than mm. unknown quantities that you don't really know mm. what you're going to get from. Yeah. Um, so people like George and Adam Clayton, John mm. Terrell, um, all good championship players. George has been one of the best left-backs in the league for a long, long time. Um, I met him in the playoff semi-finals and Karanka, and yeah. we just couldn't beat him. We couldn't beat Middlesbrough. Yeah. And we'd batter him every single game, but they would, <laughs> they would win. And yeah. that's hopefully what I think we can be this year um, with the players that are brought in and the style that we're going to play. Mm. Talking on that style, I think we, I mean, when he was appointed, he comes with a reputation of one, he's a manager that I think um, demands authority from supporters mm-hmm. will know what he's achieved, as you say, but also from players. But also stylistically, it seems like he will get Blues back to a more traditional style of what we've been, hard to beat, gritty, mm-hmm. well organised. That seems to be a good marriage between the gaffer and, and what we are. Do you think that will probably be the way we set up this season? Yeah, but at the same time, I think we're going to be exciting going forward with the with the signings. I think once Leco's fit, yeah. he's, going to, he's going to be good. He was very good when we played Charlton last year. Yeah. Um, new lad Ivan looks looks sharp and and uh, what's the word creative? Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like he can score goals. Um, so once we get them players back, because on obviously on Saturday we didn't look like we we're going to concede. Obviously, it was an error, but it was one yeah. of them things. I think. I think the, the goalkeeper wouldn't have done that if it wasn't his first game. He's probably trying to impress, wants yeah, to yeah. come out and show that he's authoritative and it just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And it's one of them things. And once you go and get down a goal against anybody, especially a lower league team, they just sit back. You mm-hmm. need that creative lot up front. To, you need match winners. And we just didn't have that on Saturday, which yeah. was the shame. Um, but I think we're going to be very solid. Um, hopefully we're going to keep a lot of clean sheets. And 
hopefully we're going to win a lot of games. Um, but if we don't win, I don't. I think we won't lose a lot at the same time. Mm. Um, I don't want to put too much expectation on the year because I think that's what we do every year, and then. You never don't reach those yeah, then, yeah, and then it's one of them, oh, we said this, we said yeah. this. I think we take it game by game and um, we just see what happens, really. On Saturday, do you take the positive that, I mean, that was Cambridge's only chance they managed to create in the game. Of course, they scored from it. But, I mean, solid at the back to limit them to that one opportunity. Um, I'll be honest, we had the two days off after the game and I watched the game back. I got one of the analysts to send me. I watched the game back on Sunday and... Um, I was really frustrated after it, and it didn't really change the next two games. Uh, the next two days, I was uh, as I don't want to be detrimental, but you should be beating League Two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, hence, while we we're in the Championship, they're in League Two. But the positives were young Aiden got off ninety minutes. Um, Charlie Lakin, who I think this deserves a start because of the way he's trained in pre-season and the laddie is and stuff got. Got got to start on the on the left wing. Um, we looked solid, but it just looked a bit slow. It looked a bit rigid. Um, I'm not a manager by any means, and or an analyst, but we didn't have enough unselfish runs. So people run in to create space for someone else. It was all this is your position. Mm-hmm. People staying still, and then that's easy to defend against. So definitely stuff to improve still, and we know that we've only been back four or five weeks and. The manager obviously knows that and um, I'm sure we will improve on it and, and we'll work on things and once we get everybody fit and all the players in that, that the manager wants then I'm sure we're going to be a solid team but at the same time when we do go forward we've got to be creative we've got to be we've got to be fast and, and, and we've got to take our chances talk about being fast at the age of 29 did you say you've clocked your quickest ever time two yeah, weeks ago against um, <laughs> against Leicester where's that come from mate? 9.5 it was um <laughs> I just feel really good. I feel like I felt good, which is strange. I felt really good in uh, the nine games physically. I felt mm. I feel really good. Um, You've done a lot at home. I've done a lot at home in isolation, but stuff that you could never normally do during season because yeah. you can't concentrate on little things because you're just constantly playing, recovering, playing, yeah, yeah. recovering. So um, yeah, I feel I feel really good this year. Um, but. Ultimately, you've got to go out there and perform at the same time, and uh, we've just got to try and get the confidence back. Because I, I said to the lads at halftime, the first 20 minutes of that Cambridge game, we approached we, it, fe- not we approached it, it felt on the pitch like it felt for the previous nine right. that we had lacked a bit of confidence. Everyone was doing the safe thing rather than yeah. trying to take the risk or take the game to them. It was all, I don't want to make a mistake, but like scared sort of yeah, thing yeah. so we've just got to get out of that mindset and it's obviously going to be difficult because we haven't won since February as yeah. well um, and that does play a big psychological is one of the main Huge. things in football and yeah. confidence is one of the hardest things to keep and the easiest thing to lose so we've just got to we get once we get that first win and a good performance and hopefully we can do it on Saturday I'm sure we can build and build and build and, and hopefully become a good team yeah on to Saturday no stranger to Brentford. I mean, you went from hero to huge villain. Yeah. I mean, I remember sitting there getting absolutely pelted at Griffin Park. They played. I was, there. Uh, cheer I was, up, I was on the terrace. Cheer up, yeah. sleepy Jean. As the as it finished, I think yeah, Tats had a word or two with their media guys because of that. I was uh, a bit less polite. To be fair, Dean Smith texted me after that Did saying he? that um, he's gonna. He, he was out of order. Yeah, he was gonna Did find he? out who it was and that was gonna be them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bit of a liberty, to be honest. I <laughs> think I'm the only player. 
post 2000 to play over 250 games for the club right um, and they did that and normally yeah. like my mate Sam Saunders is a coach there now I think okay. he played 200 games for 100 sub appearances involved yeah. in that I played 250 starts right. and uh, he made the Hall of Fame and I haven't even got, <laughs> I haven't even been given the call persona non grata <laughs> do you know what I mean that's me um, but, not having you are they nah but no. I think I think that's just I think it's football fans yeah. they love to hate someone yeah and um because I'm quite outspoken, I'm not your typical honest, uh, your typical, your stereotypical footballer that like, yeah. say the same thing all the yeah, time yeah. and just media this. I'm just me and I'll yeah. always say what I think and what I said was what I thought. So did you leave on bad? No, there was no, I left, we left absolutely fine. But it's the first interview I did here. I said, oh, I'm excited to sign here because the squad is 10 times better than the squad yeah, that, that we it. got to the playoffs. Yeah. Harry Redknapp window, mm. they brought loads We, we got to the playoff semi-finals with Brentford. And, right. and the, what I meant by it was... The calibre of players here. Well, the calibre of players, but we'd just come up from League One and we was an unknown quantity. Right. And we had great players like mm-hmm. Brentford. It was a great team. Yeah. But the calibre of player here, yeah. per individually, were probably better than the players yeah. we were, that we were playing with. But Which, when just you got, break it down, makes perfect sense. Yeah, we had David Stockdale, who was previously the best goalkeeper in the championship. Yeah. We had Yotta, who was Brentford's best player. Yeah. We had um, Che Adams. We had Lukas Djukovic, who was one of the best strikers in, in the yeah, league. Yeah. Like, we had top, top players. <laughs> they weren't having it. We're in that just... social media soundbite. <laughs> yeah, on the sadly. Website. Yeah. You take one quote and then suddenly you get That's it. You but get then, flipped, I remember... Uh, wasn't the first game against him at St Andrews and you didn't start that game yeah, so and they a, were giving you pelters yeah well, Steve Gottschall <laughs> come in and put me on the bench for free didn't he and then uh, they just sung to me the whole <laughs> and didn't even care about the game I was just sitting there on the bench getting hammered I thought yeah. fucking I feel bad enough sitting there <laughs> Max got injured and come off and Yotta yeah. got dragged so they were delighted That's, I'd love to see tell you what though last visit to Griffin Park last season I know enjoy yeah. that one um did you give it loads? Nah, nah I was respectful. Muted, was it? Yeah, it was respectful. Um, surprising. Yeah, it is surprising. <laughs> but the thing is, I didn't want to. I don't want them, the Brentford fans, to feel like that because yeah. I love my time there yeah, and, yeah. and the fans. And to be honest, it's not as is it in any club. It's not the fans that probably watched me. It's yeah. the new generation who come in who have got Twitter and keyboard warriors who just want to jump on the bandwagon and all start just yeah, yeah. talking a load of rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, because when I was there. That last game we just spoke about, a couple of fans, as you walk out, you have to walk through all the fans to get onto the coach. And um, an older fella came up to me, give me a big cuddle, I was crying. And really? was like, oh, I'm so sorry for how you being treated. You was, uh, you've done fantastic for this club. And oh, nice. This. And, and they're the ones that count, do you know what I mean? Yeah. As the same here, like I might get a lot of grief off of people on Twitter or whatever, but you see people in a restaurant or in the street and yeah. they're the opposite side there. Don't listen to that, like this, that and the other. They're really... Um, yeah, complimentary. Yeah, complimentary, and, and they say they're proud to have me as captain, which yeah. is, and I'm sure probably I would bump into one of them ones who was hammering me, hammering me on Twitter, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't say what they say. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to yeah. see one if they <laughs> yeah, try yeah. to say it. Anyway. But you don't hear those voices on no. Twitter. You don't that, hear those complimentary voices as loud. Sadly, it's just, it's just a toxic thing, which is why I come off it. It's just, yeah. there's no. You can either. I think did you make that decision over. Did you do that after a game, or did you just think, no, I've had, for a yeah. while stewed over it? Oh, it was, was just it was just too much. I was getting stuff all the time, and yeah. and whether you're a strong person or not, and I think I am a strong person. At the same time, that ain't good for your mental well-being. No. Seeing no. constantly sitting, then my mum sees it. My mum texts me, and, <laughs> no. and, and I think, well, what would I want you getting upset yeah. over something that some kid who's got nothing to do with football and mm-hmm. has no idea of the game is saying about me? I don't want Absolutely. my mum or people seeing things like that. So I just thought. Out of, my, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. 
you can see the upsides. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's one of the things, isn't it? I mean, we're going well off on a tangent here, but this day and age, the constant social media stream. There's no context or discussion, no. is there? It's 140, 280 characters. And well, even like these two lads here, Foden and Greenwood, yeah. they're probably going to get absolutely hammered from senior like ex-professionals yeah. who were doing it twice as bad as with them. With no cameras With around. no cameras, because yeah. they could get away with it. Right. But it's now, because these two are doing it, and everyone can see it, everyone can have a comment on it, then... Mm. Yeah, just it's not for me. No, it's a different world. Uh, let's talk about Brentford. Finished the season, I mean, fantastically well. In the end, didn't quite get over the line, but talented team. They've kept hold of their players up to now. Be a tough test Saturday. Definitely. Um, I, I was really gutted for them, to be honest, because I thought they were nailed on with the last two games. Mm. And then when it didn't happen, then I had a feeling they weren't going to do it. Um, and then obviously, I watched both the playoff legs. watched the Swansea at home, and I thought, right, well, yeah, it weren't that bad. Then I watched them at at Griffin Park and they destroyed them and I mm. thought well, if they approach Fulham like this mm. they're, they're, that's them done but the final was one of the most boring games I've ever seen yeah. until Joe Bryan does that unbelievable thing <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah. the keeper dives after the ball's in the net um, but no yeah tough team it's going to be a real test and, and one that will I don't think you can take too much from mm. because first game of the season it's, it's always difficult yeah. Um They've kept their players, but I'm not too sure. It doesn't look like Watkins is playing. It looks like it's Tony. Ben right. Rama hasn't played. Right. So they could be on their way. I know what Brentford work is. If they could get their valuation, they're gone. Um, right. So they'll try and bed in new players already. Yeah. Um, but as I said, if the manager gets the team that he wants ready for Saturday, um, I think no matter what, we're going to be a difficult team to play against. Mm. And... and that's something we didn't have last year. We was we was too up and down. We was yeah. too soft and hard, soft and hard. It's just it's just uh, you need to be consistent. Yeah, uh, I know all players are being questioned on it in a word and very short. How do you find being at St Andrews without a crowd? Oh, it's, it's just not great at all. Is the it? affected level, like, does the game feel different, or is the intensity any different, or does it have an actual tangible impact on? I think it, I think it affects everything. Yeah, I think it affects everything. I think. I really genuinely think that referees are biased against us and I think if you had the home fans in there that bias yeah. may even out. Yeah. Um, obviously Juki gets a rough ride for that, <laughs> doesn't he? Pardon. Always getting called at Juki's always Juki, getting called yeah, yeah. fouls Hammered. sometimes you think. Like it's just I just it's just horrible. Like you obviously you've got Keith in the middle, Keith smashing someone, normally that gets and then it gets everyone buzzing, but you just hear him smash someone now and we obviously try and Oh, like brilliant, blah blah yeah, blah. Yeah. But it's not the same effect as yeah, thirty thousand people. Yeah, the whole crowd yeah. to spark. That's yeah, like and it's um, sooner fans can get back in the better. Yeah. I think for everybody as well yeah. because you know it's just um, it's, it's the atmosphere. That's what makes football. That's what makes you want to be a professional football. Otherwise, we just all go and play over the park on a Sunday. Do you yeah, know what I mean? You probably have more people watching you walking their dogs or <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mad. It's a bit sterile, isn't it, at yeah. the moment being at games? Yeah, the whole yeah. thing is, but. There we go. Uh, let's go back to the very start, mate. Um, talk about your crazy path to professional football to start off with. I think the Birmingham Mail done an article with you a few years ago, maybe two years ago now, about sort of your pathway. But take us back to the start. I know like all lads want to be a professional footballer. When did it start to get a bit more serious for you? Because I know the non-league route was... was um, so obviously I was... I left school um, and I was going to go to Loughborough um, and do like a sports science or mm. something like that I wasn't too sure but I'd got the results to get in there um, and I started playing uh, for Dagenham Redbridge in like a it was like you go to 
go to college, do like a B tech. There was oh, no, yeah, okay. no money involved. It was like a second chance scheme yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Um, so I was training with another a whole different group of lads that were doing that, and I was the one that got called to the first team. Um, got given a professional contract on hundred pound a week. Hmm. Um, so I was still working for my dad, labouring right. and, and stuff like this on the weekends and Saturday mornings. I'd go and I don't know labour for him in the morning, and I'd come. I'd, be sent on loan to like load of non-league clubs mm. around me, Redbridge, um, Bishop Stortford, Farrock, Braintree. Um, and I went to Bishop Stortford, probably one of my later ones. Um, done really well there in the Conference South. I think I was 16 or 17 maybe. Um, it's young, isn't it, to be playing that, mate? Conference yeah. football. Some well, then lads in there. From there, I'd done three months there. From there, I then signed up for Greys in the Conference, conference. Prem. Um, and Julian Dix was the manager. And he made me captain. Class. Um, and you had players like Paolo Vanazza who played for Arsenal in the Champions League there and stuff. Um, like we were terrible. Yeah. Like we we got relegated. Right. But I was seventy. I didn't care. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was. What an experience. Yeah. I was, they was giving me extra um, pocket money um, to play for them as well. Andy Swallow was uh, in charge. Who's probably less said about him the better because uh, <laughs> don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. The honest Harley yeah, Dean coming out. Yeah. Probably not um, but great guy to me and uh, Julian Dix gave Les Reed a call who was Southampton's te- Southampton's technical director mm. and I was due for a new contract at, at Dagenham Redbridge and I thought well I've done well here. I'm 17 years old I've played Conference North it was only a league below Dagenham Redbridge where yeah. at the time um, surely I'm going to get a, a decent contract like enough to be able to pay for my own car insurance and, and yeah, not have yeah. to work and uh, I sat down with John Steele and he went don't know what you're on but we'll double it Um and that's it and I went oh, I'm only on £100 a week so that's £200 a week um, and he went yeah I went oh right but I knew at the time like there was kids yeah, a few years older than me that were on yeah, my, yeah. not much more but yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean if he'd have got, gave me three, 400 quid it, yeah. might, it might have been like oh like, at least I can get my foot in the yeah, door and I just from 100 to 200 yeah like and massive. I just said Les Reed called me and, and said um, don't accept the contracts um, I'm going to get you down at Southampton what was that like? that was <laughs> that was a summer of me doing his head in because it wasn't come to Southampton it was I wanted you to come and train with him right, and okay. see how it is so I went yeah, and trained yeah. with him and um, there was two other lads that they were in the same position like trialling as well and uh, Les in the end said that they give it to me because after the trial was done the other lads maybe called once or twice I called every day yeah. to see what, if it was for me if yeah. it was me and he just said you were the hungriest Um and obviously went to Southampton, um, went on loan to Brentford um, after the first season there. Southampton went from League One to the Champ straight to the Prem within the two years I was there. Right. Um, so it was hard to get in. Yeah, of course. I was on the bench and stuff and um, went to Brentford and, and loved it, played first team football. Yeah. Um, got to the end of the first season with them on loan. My contract was up at Southampton uh, when I met five or six teams, Preston, Stevenage, Brentford, um, oh, loads and I'd been at Brentford uh, Matthew Benham was great with me uh, Uwe Rosler was the manager at the time and he yeah. was just what I needed because I think I was a bit cocksure and he each German like he was strict and he well, brought, it. yeah he, he really taught me a lot in the game so I think it was the best thing for my like my development yeah, yeah. and uh, stayed with him and, and just played played a lot of games there yeah and played good football as well that was that was the thing that I liked I really enjoyed the the style of football and we were successful um, 
I was talking to my friend Jake Bidwell recently. He signed at the same time on loan from Everton, and we was there roughly the same amount of time. And I think we, he said to me, we must have lost twenty five percent of our games there, maximum, right. in two hundred thirty, yeah. two hundred forty games. So yeah. you can imagine the feeling around the club. Oh, it was yeah. just, and I think that's they've continued that, which is why they're constantly doing so well. Yeah. Um, did you turn up as this rough and ready centre half at Brentford, or did they have to mould you into more of a ball playing? No, I was a centre midfielder. Was you? I was a centre midfielder at Southampton. Really? Um, so did they take you as an unloan as a centre midfielder? So I played a game where Mark Warburton see me. Um, I'm sure it was against Leicester again. Um, I played a game as centre half the first time. Uh, Southampton said, "Oh, we want you to play there. We want to overlook you there," and that was what they made me then sign. Uh, oh. Brentford then signed me as a centre half. Wow. Um, so yeah, because all through the non-league, I was I was a box to box midfielder. Yeah, that's why you can see all that. That yeah. will make sense Ball now when you start stepping off. in and yeah, going yeah. on them mazy runs in the middle of the park. That's why amazing. Um, but no, yeah, I probably wasn't mobile enough for centre midfield as the mm. levels got up. Like as you went up the league, yeah. so it just made sense. Yeah, made yeah. sense to drop back and have the game in front of you and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you ever feel like you were close to doing something at Brentford? You know, in the when you were getting closer and putting those teams together and stuff. Yeah. The um the year we got to the semi-finals of the playoffs in the champ should have been the year. Um, not should have been the year. I think if we'd have kept that group of players together for the next season, we'd have romped the league. Yeah. But Brentford's model. Um, we sold Andre, we sold Tarky, Stuart Dallas. Um, yeah, some good players come through there. Oh, yeah, they? Adam Forshaw, uh, Alex Pritchard, John Terrell. You look at the players, you just reel off and you're like... Yeah, and then Mozart Abajo, um, David Button in goal, yeah. just signed at West Brom. Yeah. Um, we, had, we had some team, but the, it just... The thing was, at the time, they had... We were probably on one of the lowest wages in the league, so mm. we felt that we'd all gone and performed. They then brought this wage cap in, which we could have all gone to together, but people had done so well, they was getting offers of this, right. that and the other in different clubs. Um, but if we all still were like the best of friends. Yeah, um, yeah. Jonathan Douglas, Alan McCormack, we all, it's like a real tight family right. we've still got. And... Um, we all said if they'd have just offered everyone the same sort of money a little bit more, together. we'd have all stayed and, yeah. and won the league and probably won the league yeah. and been up. Max said something similar when he was on this, just about Brentford. He'd done like a few years there and loved it and just wanted them to kick on. And then it was always the best two, three players that get snatched in a summer. And he felt at the time he probably needed a move that summer. I think it was the summer all three of you came yeah, in. But yeah. He said something similar about Brentford, loved it, didn't have a bad word to say. No. Just felt like they never went that extra bit to try and I think the, the year just gone was the first year because normally in January they'd have sold them boys but right. I think the model that Matthew Follers said that it was 50% chance they'd go up so he was worth taking a, a better yeah. 50% chance and keeping the lads Yeah. Um, and obviously it didn't pan off but now we'll just sell them now maybe not for as much as he'd have got in January but they've obviously done their business they've got Ivan Tony in so yeah, they're happy to let Ollie go and, and stuff like that mm. Interesting. See how we get on Saturday. Yep. Uh, I wanted to touch upon the honesty thing. I remember you came and spoke to us. It might have been one of the early interviews you'd done at Barnsley away. Mm. And I think I remember Richard Wilford turning and saying after you'd done it, like, what a refreshing, honest assessment was. Because you'd just arrived, I think. It was probably in the, the winter of your first season. Yep. And we got beat there. And it's just a horrible feeling. And you were genuinely, like, down, beat about, you've come here with all this optimism, new, fresh start. We're going to go on and kick on and do something. It wasn't working out. And I think it was just quite refreshing for members of the press to see a player come out and be that honest. Yeah. Is that always just been a trait that you've got away from football? Is that just who you are as a bloke? Is it just? Yeah, a... I think that's why people might not. You either love me or you hate me. I think yeah. because 
you can eat it's easy to just say the generic thing and just go with oh yeah well, we'll do better next week mm. and uh, we're all tried and the changing room's angry and this that and the other but I always feel that we're privileged to be in this position as footballers anyway so why not just be honest with what you actually think mm. because people don't want to hear the same stuff but they might not want to hear the truth either yeah but I'd rather tell the truth like I've always been truthful if someone annoys me I'm going to go and tell them to their face look you've annoyed me and this is the reason yeah and that's what the manager's basically said when he comes in when he's coming he said I'm honest if you're not playing don't come and knock on my door because you're not going to like what you hear so if you want to come and knock on my door I'm going to be completely honest with you which I think is all that is needed in football is honesty yeah. last year we didn't have that last year you'd not be in the team and you wouldn't be told until right. the day of the game and then you would be told a lie that you're going to play the week after and then you wouldn't play and then and everybody was having the same thing and, yeah. and that is the worst thing if you're honest with someone you can stomach that well, you're yeah. not going to like it for an hour yeah. but then the next day you're going to come and go well at least I know what I've got to do yeah, or yeah. at least I know the reason it's not oh yeah well I'm going to rest you for this one but you're going to be fit for next week and then you don't play next week and then you're even more yeah. off, and then you lose people yeah of course I just think honesty is the best way to Have go about everything. Have you seen the Danny Rose, Jose Mourinho little clip? Yeah, mm. yeah, I've just watched it last that, night. Well, that's another little example where some fans are like, uh, Danny Rose has done nothing wrong, this happens in football all the time, he stuck up for himself, mm-hmm. weren't getting a run. Jose Mourinho's been honest with him as well. That is what you want a football dressing room to be like, an honest manager and an honest player. Yeah. Just air it out. But I think to people who aren't involved in football, they see that and think, well, how come Danny Rose is going back at Mourinho? Or, and I think it's quite interesting to yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, I think there's different perceptions of that. I think I'm all for the actual uh, gist of the conversation. It's just the way for me that he did it. I mean, he walks in with an earphone in his ear. Yeah. He doesn't say good morning. He goes, can I have a word? And, right. he's, and it's just like, you've got, at the end of the day, that's your manager. And it's that level of respect. A, yeah, you've got to respect him. You've got to show respect. You st- you can say what you want to say and have the conversation. Even yeah. at the end of it, your clock is like, I'm going to go and speak to Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you go and do that then yeah, because yeah. he's obviously knocked him a yeah, bit. Yeah, he's got the umbrella. But you want to have a conversation and you want to be able to talk to each other in an honest way, but you've still got to be respectful. You've got to, like, if I ever had to go and wanted to go and talk to the manager, I'm going to knock on his door, ask if I could come in. Um, is it right if I have a conversation with you? And if he mm. says, no, not right now, then. That's fine. fine. Like you walk out and then you wait, but you don't just go in there a bit like yeah, guns yeah. are blazing. But maybe it's different. People with different mindset. He might have been fuming for four or five weeks, and it might be a yeah. completely different scenario if that's the case. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be interesting if we had cameras in all access here, yeah. like at Amazon. Oh, especially especially last year, year, mate. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! Cry, be a box. That'd be a blockbuster. <laughs> that would have made our job a bit difficult to uh, yeah, a little bit. to manage that narrative, wouldn't it? Uh, mate, I'm not going to keep you for too much longer. Just. Um, Ahead of this season, obviously Georgia's come in. I think the two of you, a lot of fans commenting after the Spurs friendly in particular, look to have struck up a partnership at that sort of him, him being a natural left footer, you on the right side, both big voices as well. Do you enjoy being part of that senior setup and alongside someone like George with all that experience? He's obviously brought Clates in as well. Do you feel like you sort of fit that puzzle perfectly alongside him at that, the heart of that defence? Um, I do. I mean, obviously I want to play every game, but at the same time, you've got Robbo who's, who's doing very well as well. I think it's good to have competition in places and mm. and good to know that if you don't perform you're not going to be in that position you're going to have to miss out and wait for your turn again I think that's what's needed and the fact that you know that if you're in that team it's because at that point in time the manager wants you in it mm. and then it's yours to lose mm. and there's the honesty thing again it's not oh we're going to put rotate you free yeah. and that doesn't work it doesn't work in, in this league like you need consistency you need a structure and you need familiar faces mm-hmm. um, but no obviously I, I, 
I like playing on the right-hand side. I'll be honest, I like playing on the left-hand side as well. It doesn't make a difference to me. I just want to be... I'm at the point in my career now, as I said, I feel I'm 29, but I feel the best I've felt. But yeah. at this point in time, if I wasn't playing and the team was being successful, that is all I want this year is the team to be successful. Right. So if it meant that I sit on the bench for 40 games, but the lads go and win 35 games and we're in the playoffs or Fine. whatever, I want the lads to do well. I just want this team to be successful. I want to achieve something in my career rather than... Obviously, I want to play football. I'm not going to say that I don't. Mm. And I, I would be unhappy if I wasn't playing, but... Mm the ultimate thing for me is to get bring some success back to this club because yeah. as you said I signed here was full of optimism and mm. it's just been <laughs> a bit of a nightmare yeah. Um, yeah so we've all said the same thing I was speaking to Juki just he said the same thing he said look they've brought in Jonathan they're probably going to bring in another striker mm. um, if he can play 15-20 games and we are successful obviously he'd love to play 46 mm. but he just wants us all we all just want to do well and mm not just for ourselves it's, it's for our families obviously but it's for for everybody that's linked to this club for yeah. you guys sitting here for the staff for the fans just you just it's just it would be nice to have a positive season mm. a little bit like the the year under Gary Monk mm. but a little bit better if we can mm. obviously we've got the points deduction we're probably a little bit too far away from it anyway but um, as I said I'm not going to get ahead of myself and start talking about where we're going to finish but you just want we just yeah. want to take it game by game and, and do well you feel settled though hey? you can, you can you know, with your family in the area and stuff you both love it you're always with the boys and yeah, stuff bringing yeah. them here and that. it mm-hmm. seems like you're in a good place going into the season anyway So yeah I mean I said I think I'll probably live here even once I've finished football yeah. um, I really enjoy where we live I really enjoy it sounds bad I enjoy being away from home because I feel like when you do see people, you spend quality time with each yeah. other rather than mum being around the corner and you popping around there every day and it's like, it's, there's no, it's just, it's just easy to yeah, do. Yeah, routine, I mean? Whereas puppy. if they come, you spend good quality time together. Yeah. Um, mum probably won't like me. If you <laughs> you want it, what you're saying is you want to see less of your mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I really enjoy it and, and the contract takes me to, I'm 31, mm. so um, hopefully I can stay for longer. And yeah. um, hopefully it's, it's in a different league as well. Most important question, what do you love more, your lads or your dogs? Oh, my lads. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my lads. My lads, yeah, definitely. Um, they've got an order, though. It goes hard. They've got an order. Yeah, oh, yeah, they've got an order. What do you mean? Yeah, it goes little Harley. Okay. And then it's a tight one between Chunk and Lenny. Because <laughs> oh Lenny ain't got much about him. He's only a baby. So okay. He's not giving much back. Right. Probably Lenny, then Chunk. And then the missus, then ghost. Gonna have to listen to that. Hey, thank you ever so much, mate. It's been really good to chat to you under this um, new season. Yeah, hopefully it's a successful one for all of us. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, Cheers. The Blues Talk Podcast. Harley Dean, as you said, almost a new man, full of optimism, springing his step. And admits he's got favourites amongst his kids and his dogs. Yeah, I know. We, we must send him that clip <laughs> wow. for his Instagram story because we do get a massive window into Harley's life. And that's a man who's embraced the uh, the stories feature. Yeah, I, I actually thought the the standout for me was there was a humble aspect to Harley, and I actually genuinely believe him when he says if he has to sit out at times this season for this club to do mm-hmm. well, I really do. I believe it when he says he's quite happy to do it. I think uh, he joined this club with the best intentions. You know, I'm sure. Yeah, it was a great move for him and his mm-hmm. family. But at the same time, I think he, he thought he was joining a club who were going places. On the up. Sadly, it didn't work out in the couple of seasons to date. And I think he genuinely wants success for us. So if, you know, 
him, Juki, George Friend, Adam Clayton, as a senior clutch, David Davis, still a big influence mm-hmm. in the dressing room, as a senior clutch of players can get their heads together and get everyone dragging the same direction. Some good characters in there with, with what Aitor Karanka's brought in. Mm-hmm. Um, Harley's still got a massive part to play in that dressing room. That experienced core alongside some of the new additions like Ivan Sanchez, Jonathan Lico, you know, adding that kind of air of excitement to the side. Mm. I think it's vital, isn't it, having that balance? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. I think he's, uh, Karanka's uh, got players in for positions that he thinks we're short on. So that attack-minded midfielders, you need three across there mm-hmm. to start the game. You need, you're going to want to make changes in wide areas. Um, I think now you look at the options in midfield, Davis, Gardner, Kiftenbeld, uh, Clayton, Sunjic. Terrell. There's, there's, there's some players that can go in there. Um, up front, he wants to obviously bring it, bring another body in. Um, and defensively, I think the one the one thing that was really frustrating last year, man for man, I remember having a few conversations with our, our pundits on Blues TV, Kevin Broadhurst, Darren Purse. Mm-hmm. You go through man for man, Maxime Collin has shown he can be one of the best right backs in this division. Yeah, he, he was he was hampered a little bit with that injury, wasn't he, last yeah, season at various stages. Us, Didn't quite yeah. reach the heights of him that he set himself, but still fantastic fullback in my mind. Mark Roberts started the season full of confidence and was, was absolutely flying up until post-lockdown where the levels dropped off. Same can be said for Christian Pedersen. And it and he'll admit himself, he was, he was chalk and cheese from mm-hmm. Christian Pedersen compared to what we saw after the lockdown. Season of two halves. Um, I mean, I mean for me, I remember, I remember getting to Christmas thinking, Peds has been our most consistent player here. And there was, mm-hmm. you know, rumours of other clubs taking a look at him. Uh, Jake Clark saw, of course, no longer at the club. But, yeah. you know, as a left-sided centre-half, quick, you know, what the point I'm really trying to make is, individually, that's not a, a back four or a back line that should be conceding as many goals as they were. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, we can get a, a collective together that prevents that and um, yeah, keeps a few more clean sheets and keeps the goalkeeper protected a little bit. Well, let's talk about uh, organising the defence as we move on to our incomings this summer. And let's start with centre-half that Aitor Karanka knows very well from his time at Middlesbrough, George Friend. Yeah, yeah, vastly experienced. I mean, you only have to look at the Middlesbrough reaction. I'll keep these very brief. Middlesbrough fans could not talk highly enough of him as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously 32 years old, so all the experience in the world. Started as a left-back, can still see him flying up and down the left side for Middlesbrough, but was then converted, finished the season playing at centre-half. He's a leader. You already get the impression being part of this group for as long as he has in the short space of time. Uh, He airs his opinions. You hear him in training. But there's an eloquence about him. There's an Mm -hmm. intelligence. There's a a Lukas Jukovic about him in there. Massively, yeah. Very well brought up, very well spoken. Lovely bloke to deal with. And I think he'll be a, a really big asset for us both on and off the pitch this year. A face familiar to many people around these parts next, John Terrell. Yeah, John Terrell. I mean, I think it's fair to say he, in his own mind, had his best football, his best year here. Yep. Uh, I think just playing in that number 10 role behind Clayton Donaldson was a match made in heaven. If we can get him anywhere near those sorts of levels, he did add goals, didn't he, that season? It's the big yeah. question when it comes to attacking midfielders. You can look pretty on the ball, you can twist and turn, you can look great in training, but your currency is to, to make goals and to score Deliver. goals. He did do that in the season he was with us. It hasn't quite worked out for him since. I know he struggled with a few injuries. The bad season for Hall last year as well. But in that interview when we played Hall late on, yeah. very complimentary about the club. So no surprise to see him return. And if we're getting fit, getting feeling good about himself, get that confidence back in as a player in John Terrell. Just say as well, that goal against Ipswich, arguably the best Blues goal I've ever seen he in He didn't person. have to break stride, did he? Another one of them and I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, right, he- next up. 
Or go it No, no, I was just still marvelling at the, the fact that you, it was like it was like if you watched it in slow motion, he's just he's still running. Like I still see it was the smoothest motion and the trajectory of the ball to loop up and down. Yeah. Uh yeah, even he's surprised I think by the connection it's that the he's the motion made, of him and the ball, isn't it? All the way from Thomas Kujak at the back. Yeah, very little good. nod on from Clayton Donaldson. Yeah. One fluid motion. Yeah, great strike. Incredible goal. Right, a transfer saga that Seemed on Twitter to be dragging on for a while. I know a lot of fans were getting restless, but all about patience. Ivan Sanchez. Yeah, it linked for a while, wasn't it? I think there was reports from local journals that that one was going to be that was going to be done, but with without Chase progression into the their playoffs, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, it meant that he was still there for some time. Uh, highly highly thought of, uh, good age, experience under his belt, technically gifted. He's got that low centre of gravity, hasn't he? You see him walking around the place and in yeah. training. Uh, very slick, very mm. slick Spaniard. Hair's always very on point. Um, <laughs> his English isn't fantastic, so I don't think we'll be getting him on Blues Blues Talk anytime soon. But he's making an effort to obviously try and, try and learn the language. And I think he'll go in there across that three. Yeah. Probably on the on one of the wings. Looks to cut in, going off some of his clips at Elche. Um, so again, he's added a bit of quality in an area where uh, we're going to need some bodies. Exciting signing from our friends over at West Bromwich Albion, Jonathan Leaker. Yeah, really good this one because uh, I didn't know he grew up as close to St Andrews as he did. Round the, well, around the back of the ground. He Manor, yeah, he said literally the back of St Andrews. So, I mean, when you think of Jonathan Leaker as a 16, 17-year-old, he, every, he there was rave reviews coming yeah. out of West Brom. He's represented England at various levels. Uh, can play wide of, uh, of a three, but also as an out-and-out striker. He played as a nine at Charlton. When we went to the valley and mm-hmm. um, Jude scored that that, that winner, um, pace about him, trickery about him, always being a potential. The the sour point for him is that he suffers that knee injury yeah. in January February, and it rules him out for the rest of the season. Up to that point, he was making assists and scoring a, mm-hmm. a fair, a decent amount of being goals. Raved being raved about prolific. by Charlton fans, by the way. So, I think this is a poten- this is a, this is a potential steal from West Bromwich Albion for the fee that has been talked about, and his age. He can only get better. Uh, quite assuming kid around the place, yeah. actually. Really well spoken, but quite a quiet, quiet character. I'm sure that'll grow. He'll, he'll find his feet uh, and and get used to the group. But um, quite an exciting signing, not just for this season. I think you're not going to see the best of Jonathan Lico. No. November, December time. Still when rehabbing, he's fit and of sharp. Exactly. It's going to take him some time with such a, a lengthy spell out. But yeah, an exciting one for me. Good to have another Brummie around the place as well. Always good to have Brummies around the place. Right, next up in goal. Andres Pereta. Yeah, a bit of an unknown quantity, wasn't it? Uh, we knew we were obviously in the market for a goalkeeper with you know, Conor Truman being loaned out, no Lee Camp, mm-hmm. David Stockdale moving on as well. So we, we knew to expect a goalkeeper coming through the doors. But I think a lot of people, and no disrespect, had to probably Google Andres Pereta. Yeah. Um, but he's been a number two for most of his career, led to believe behind some decent number ones. So he'll see this as his opportunity to come in and really have a go at, at, at trying to secure their number one jersey. Um, so let's see what what you know his first taste of English football. He, the, the impressive thing I think this week has been his his uh, efforts to talk English in an interview. Yeah. I have the full, oh, full respect full respect for players who want to make a conscious effort. He says a lot about his personality. Um, he wants to make a good impression. So I know a lot of people point to an error that he made against Cambridge coming for a cross and didn't quite mm-hmm. get there. Hopefully he'll learn from it. Uh, I'm sure he won't need to be told. And, um, you know, let's let's see what he's like. I think, like all players, it's going to be a blank canvas for him. So yeah. I'm not going to 
claim that I know he's the greatest goalkeeper in the world or not. Let's see what, what he's like when he gets a run out. On that interview, by the way, can't stress enough, he was the one that asked for that. He was very yeah. insistent that he wanted to do a Blues TV interview. Yeah, and sometimes you're behind the camera and you think, is this working or is this not? But I think you have to respect a player who is who wants to make an effort to learn the mm -hmm. language. I think we can all be critical and, you know, sometimes you hear players taking the mick of accents and stuff. You know, let's say let's one of us try and talk Spanish. Oh, in no an chance. You know no what? chance. So fair play to him. Yeah, and, and and he seems a really nice lad. Actually, it's a good look to him. And I think he's up for as well monthly updates via interviews as to how his English is progressing. So we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, he said come back to him in a month, didn't he? So let's <laughs> we'll, we'll hold him to that. Right, and time of recording. I mean, it's the tenth of September now. <laughs> our most recent signing. Of course, this could all change. I mean, you know how football works. Yeah. The next twenty four, forty eight hours. Yeah. Nothing that we know is happening at the moment. But again. Could change. Don't be surprised. Um, I've got a load of U2 songs coming to mind after our reveal for this man. Uh, Adam Clayton. Yeah, I have nothing to do with this reveal. So I uh, had a lovely little pre-season getaway. And um, yeah, I obviously found out the morning of that, that we were signing. Again, fits the mould of the George friend. Mm -hmm. Ator Karenka has worked with him before. I mean, he spoke about him being one of the best midfielders, if not the best midfielder in the championship in terms of getting on the ball, starting off moves, dictating play. It strikes me as a player who can dictate the tempo of games, tries mm -hmm. to get you on it, slows it down when he needs to and speeds things up. So uh, could be a really big, big uh, key player for us in yeah. the centre of the park. But also... His personality around the place again, you know, mm -hmm. uh, a few people saying how oh, he's already really found his feet at the club. Seems a real confident lad. Seems he knows who he is, where he's been, how probably good he is. So I, I think he'll, um, I think you'll see a lot of game time this season. Had a load of ideas for his reveal as well. So he's someone who wants to get involved, which is always good. Um, but I mean, on as you mentioned, his ability there. I mean, we saw briefly against Cambridge that little cameo. The ability he's got to pick out a pass, mm -hmm. he got on and changed the game, and I think. I mean, the gaffer touched on it in his post-match. Ideally, he'd like to have started him, but of course, he'd come off the back of only a couple of days training, so ultimately didn't. But something to look forward to in the yeah. middle of the park. Yeah, I think so. With a short summer, I mean, players are joining with a week, two weeks before a season. It's going to be interesting to see what results we see in the early and how performances are. I think you're not going to see the best of players to start with. Maybe the ones that have been at the club and are familiar will hit the ground running. But these new lads who are still getting used to the city, forget they're moving house yeah. in the area, getting used to the club, the squad, how we play. Um, it's going to take time for each player to settle in. So the good signs are that the, the lads that we've just spoke about, off the pitch at least, have just seamlessly transitioned right into the group. I think the group are thankful to have some new faces in. Mm -hmm. um, again, just to lift everybody. And... Uh, all signs are at least positive on, on the eve of, uh, of a season opener. More to come in terms of new faces. Mm. Right, well, I hope you can join us on Blues TV tomorrow. Uh, season opener against Brentford. Of course, dark markets only, which is that incredibly vague term that the EFL use. Negative Nigel is what Harley Dean called Kevin Broadhurst. Right, yeah, let's touch on that, actually, because Kev will be joining you on commentary for this for our audio subscribers. Kev is uh, an enigma. Kevin Broadhurst... Uh, his insight into the game I find is fantastic mm. as a as a former captain as a manager club uh, legend absolute legend um, and he loves to have a dig now he'll say and I, and I know he'll probably listen to this he will be take, just saying it as he, as he sees it um, the players obviously <laughs> are aware that he absolutely pans them all the time um, but yeah hopefully we'll give him something to be positive about I mean, I'm actually going to warn him before we go on air tomorrow Harley Dean I'm going to lay down some this. new ground rules ahead <laughs> of the season L leave your negativity at the door Kev we haven't got time for it it's a new season 
bring uh, bring some optimism in. So I think there's a few people on Twitter who have just rejoiced <laughs> at that statement. I'm not promising nothing. I don't think Aleppo <laughs> can change his spots, but let's see. Yeah, no, you can't you can't give Kevin Broadhurst <laughs> orders. But yeah, audio commentary: Del Moon and Kevin Broadhurst tomorrow here on Blues TV. Well, hopefully we'll be back with this in a fortnight. Back into a routine of... We're not short of new players and new voices to hear now. Well, this so is it. There's no excuse for us not to be able to bring them onto the podcast. We'll do so. a round table. Do you want to get them all sat yeah. round? Yeah, I know. Six at the moment. That, to be fair, they've all got different stories to tell, so it'd be good to get them individually. But um, the gaffer's definitely one we need to, yes. we need to get on. But by the same token, he's got more pressing issues. Yeah, let's he's let a, the man settle in. Yeah, he's a new head coach. We're just about to start the season. Sorry, he's a new head coach at the club. He's not a new head coach, obviously, but he's our new head coach. Uh, still trying to get players in. He still wants to add to the squad, so there's lots of work to be done there. Also, training, games, mm-hmm. settling in with his staff. So Relentless. We will get him on. It's happening. Um, but yeah, let's give him some time to get his feet under the table. Eyes peeled for that one. But for the meantime, this has been the Blues Talk Podcast. I have been Callum Denny. I've been Dal Moon. Join you in a fortnight. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning.